Uh, hello and welcome to a special look at the situation surrounding the Scottish national team uh, following up from our uh, segment in uh, this week's Football Cafe in which we talked at length about the Scotland situation uh, including uh, manager Gordon Strachan and his position. Well since then uh, Scotland travelled out to Ternava in Slovakia and were defeated 3-0 uh, with jeers from the Scotland fans at the end of the game and questions uh, are plenty surrounding uh, the future of uh, Scotland's qualification campaign and inevitably questions about the manager's position. Uh, let's talk about the game first. I'm joined by Greg Gordon. Uh, Greg, obviously naturally very disappointing for us too as, as Scottish uh, football fans. Uh, what, what did you make of the uh, the result uh, and the performance? Well, the result is obviously quite crushing. It's the worst defeat in seven years. It underlines the positivity of the players that we have to choose from in one hand. It also suggests that a cycle of manager, which perhaps should have ended after the last qualifying campaign, is now, I think, reached its natural end. What's been coming out over the last 12 hours is that it seems like, from the press conference comments and the off-the-record comments of Gordon Strachan, that he's, he's not been keen on the job for, for quite some time, and only the the backing of the fans after the win over Gibraltar really encouraged them to to stay yeah. on, and I think now that we're now we're looking at a situation where I think he's unlikely to be sacked, um, but I've got a feeling, having spoken to senior journalists this morning, that he's probably likely to go before the England game to salvage whatever whatever's left of his reputation and pass it on the poison chalice to someone else but the thing would be is I suspect the SFA would rather that Strachan took Scotland for for the England game because it would allow a new manager a kind of fresher clean slate after arguably the hardest game in the campaign yeah indeed I mean obviously football fans are impatient they're not really going to want to wait uh, to, to make changes I think uh, you know public opinion seems to be uh, at such a at such a level now uh that, that, that it is time for a change. I mean, uh, last night, Game Day Life's uh, Twitter feed uh, conducted a poll after the uh, after the Scotland game. Uh, the question was, after tonight's performance, has Gordon Strachan done all he can for Scotland and is it time to move on? And, uh, well, 97% said that it was time for him to move on. Uh, so quite a resounding... Uh, and that poll is still ongoing at the moment, so you can have your say at Game Day underscore live underscore... Uh, it, it seems as if uh, the opinion of the fans is certainly uh, turning against them uh, and there's no real coming back from that surely I don't think so no. I mean it, it seems like everybody's pretty united here Strachan's not keen, the fans are not keen the SFA are probably fairly sanguine about it, I think they probably would prefer him to stay in the immediate short term, what good it'll do can't really say yeah, I mean, the other option for the England game is that you put in place some sort of maybe caretaker. Some caretaker, yep. Uh, but then, you know, who 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 do you who do you look at for that? Uh, I mean, I I asked on Twitter uh, last night some people about what you know who would you potentially uh, you know bring in as the next manager, and, and and one of the names that was mentioned actually kind of part of me thought, well, you know what. Uh, 
wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a terrible idea for maybe a, an interim caretaker, Alec McLeish. Uh, yes. I, d- I don't think for the permanent job, but you know his long-time assistant Andy Watson is already on the Scotland coaching staff, uh, so that you know gives him somebody that he's worked with for a long time. Uh, yes. If the SFA just wanted to go for a very simple, we just need to get somebody to take the team. There is already a coach in place that he has, you know, that he has worked with. Obviously, Mark McGee knows and has played with. I don't know his relationship with him. And if Mark McGee would, st- I, th- I think Mark McGee would probably go if Gordon Strachan departed. Uh, yes. But you know, nonetheless, you know, maybe maybe McLeish as a, as a caretaker to take through the England game wouldn't be such a bad idea, and would maybe uh, give respite to some of the the. Uh, the more talk, yeah, the, the candidates give the SFA a bit of breathing space, but also it would remove the sort of toxicity that will be surrounding that result because there'll be so much negativity going into it. The fans will lack belief. The players will probably lack belief going into the England game, and uh, you know, the qualification group is looking bad at the moment, but it's not, it's not impossible uh, to to turn it around if we can win it. You know, if we can win in Lithuania and and, and Beat Slovenia home and away and Slovakia at home, you know. Then all of a sudden, again, yes. the group's not looking so bad. But I think you maybe need to arrest the negativity as as a matter of urgency. I think I think it, it's like we talked about, and I said apathy breeds apathy. And I think yes. we are in a, we are in a, one of the most apathetic states that I can remember. Uh, it's different to the Bertie votes uh, and the Craig Levine. It's just a it's just a complete sort of apathy, a, a lack of interest, a lack of of anybody, you know what? You know, people just saying, Ugh, you know what? I'm not that bothered, and that's why. Well, I, I wonder how many people would have seen that game through until full time last night. I would imagine a lot of people would have turned the game turned the game over to one of the other more appealing fixtures at two 0 and at three 0 I think you'd have seen a lot of kettles boiling, as it were. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that did interest me though was, and this is all. Often indicative is that Alex McLeish did the he did the the, the in studio co commentary on the game on Saturday. Yeah. On, on Sky, which is often an indication that he's perhaps hovering around. Uh, he's just had a massive payoff in Egypt, so money isn't an issue for him. Uh, he may fancy that high profile job, but the thing that really stunned me, and it did stun me uh, in a in a really negative way, was. Alex McLeish is known to be a real student of the game, somebody who has an encyclopedic knowledge of football in all spheres. And yet, when I heard his uh, his analysis of the game on Saturday, he was forgetting people's names. It was pretty shambolic, I would have to say. And that would suggest to me that either not kept up with Scotland, not particularly interested, or there's just or that the apathy of the wider that's been stirred up by the wider millions has also captured him, so perhaps he's not a great candidate. No, you know what? I was exactly as you were saying that. It was exactly what I was thinking. I noticed that <coughs> that he couldn't name during the when they were, especially when they were in particular analysing Lithuania's goal, and he couldn't mention he couldn't name the players. And I thought, you know, you're surely going to kind of make yourself abreast of of the Lithuania players for going on Sky Sports. You know, you're yeah, not going to. It seemed very off to me. The, the other, the other guy and things like that. Now, you know, maybe you know he's been in Belgium and and Egypt and all that. You know, maybe you can say he's, he's, he's and maybe this was a last minute call for him. He didn't expect to to go in there, but uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Uh, but you know, 
maybe you know I don't think that's going to be so much of an issue against England if we're just looking at a no. caretaker for the next match, you know, and and plus they've got a month to kind of prepare, uh, and he's going to know the England players. But yeah, I, I, maybe he's interested in uh, in the job in some form to try and you know as a route maybe back into to English football club management. Uh, yeah, as a route back, in, which you know maybe the Scot you know the Scotland job is one of those jobs that's not a bad it's not a bad job to take if that's what you're lo- if you're looking to sort of resurrect your your reputation a wee bit. Which of the last five or six incumbents has come out with their reputation enhanced that apart from Alex McLeish the last time I can't think of anyone. Yeah, that's very true. But I think people see the uh, that Alex McLeish uh, that Alex McLeish example and think I I I back myself to do the same. Uh, I th- you know it's worth it, it's worth the chat it's worth Maybe the try. So. Plus it's plus it's also it's a full time it's a full time wage for a part time job. Uh, and that's attractive to a lot of people. It won't be necessarily uh, that attractive to Alec McLeish, though, because I think he got a. Oh, a oh well, I, I don't think it will be. A, it'll matter, yeah. I can't remember what the exact figure was, but it was effectively a year's salary for thirty days' work. So he did he did well in. But you know, from from caretakers, let's have a look at the the Royals and Riders. There's already uh, a bit. Victor have uh, have a list uh, for the next permanent manager. They've got some odds. Out and uh, the favourite on their list is Paul Lambert. Yeah. Of course, is currently out of work following a spell with uh, Blackburn Rovers. And of course, you know a lot of caps for Scotland. The former Scotland captain, and uh, you know, you, you, I suppose an automatic candidate. I'll just run through some of the other names on their list. I'll, uh, I'd like to come back to that one. I have a few stories there, but we'll. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll come back to it. What I'll do is I'll just run through the, the list very quickly. So Paul Lambert is the favourite with Victor at three to one. Derek McInnes of Aberdeen is four to one. David Moyes, of course, at Sunderland is eight to one. Lars Lagerback, the Iceland manager, ten to one. And you have Alan Irvin, Joe Jordan, and Steve Clark all at twelve to one. With Alec McLeish just sitting in behind at fourteen. Uh, interestingly enough, Sir Alex Ferguson, Alex Neil, and Gary McAllister, and Graham Souness, and Kenny Douglas, and Martin O'Neill, and Scott Gemmell, and Tommy Wright, all at sixteen to one. So you know, maybe Alex Ferguson would uh, would come back. Uh, I, the, we we talked about Alex Ferguson a wee bit uh, in in the football cafe as a you know unfinished business. The more I think about it, the more I just think, nah, he's not gonna. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't come out for Scotland. Although I don't think. perhaps if there was. A- a public campaign behind it. He might. He's very, very good friends with SFA chairman, and he, uh, funny things have happened. Perhaps he's missing the limelight. Who knows? I, I, I don't know anyone that's spoken to him recently, so I can't say. Well, but, you know. Well, there, there you go. There you go, listeners. If, if, if you're a Scotland fan and you and you want Sir Alex Ferguson uh, get involved, uh, you know, SOS SAF. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's uh, let, let's maybe start the campaign to get Sir Alex to to at least take the team in the interim uh, for the for the campaign and, and and maybe see how it goes. I think I'll be phoning him myself. <laughs> well, please do that. Yeah, please do that, guy. Because uh, to be perfectly honest, you know, I would love it if Sir Alex Ferguson was to do that. And I, I think the whole country. And uh, it would be a real galvanising uh, figure to the point where I I could see it attracting people to go and watch the games, you know, to actually go yep. and turn up at Hamden to go and watch Sir Alex Ferguson uh, manage Scotland uh, and just to see what can happen there, uh, you know, and he's not going to be uh, lacking in uh, options for, I mean, you could imagine it, 
that uh, you know he would come in and maybe he'd get Walter Smith in as his assistant manager, and you know you you'd yep. end up with, uh, with, with with guys like that, Jim Layton as a goalkeeping coach. And... I don't think so. I no. don't think Jim Layton would have anything to do with this. <laughs> well, maybe Archie Knox then. Yeah, Archie Knox maybe. <clears throat> we can get the uh, get, yep. get the old team back together. The, get the band back together. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, Alex Ferguson would be the the ideal. But you know, we're looking. Paul Lambert's the favourite at three to one. What's your thoughts on Paul Lambert? I think Paul Lambert would be absolutely <coughs> dreadful. In what in, in what sense? Right. Well, as a player who played for Scotland, he was notorious for pulling out his squads. Um, never particularly showed his commitment to anything, uh, including Celtic. I think he's an exceptionally selfish character. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories about Paul Lambert, which would frame, frame my particularly biased position here. Uh, the first one is is that I was uh, a guest of a high-ranking Celtic official who I was talking to, um, went for lunch at Parkhead, and, 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 and as you may know, uh, they go a bundle on selling lunchtime deals to birthday parties and all, all sorts of things. So as kids turn up, they get a birthday party in the Celtic Lounge and all the rest of it, and uh, a birthday cake comes out. And generally speaking, what happens is a couple of players will pose for photographs and sing happy birthday to the to the lucky birthday boy or girl. Now, the situation was there, and bearing in mind who was sitting in the in the restaurant was. Senior, senior people from Celtic. I was sitting there as a guest. Uh, little boy was celebrating his birthday. Uh, someone came over and said, Paul, would you pose for some photographs and maybe sing happy birthday to the boy? Now, he's Celtic captain, figurehead of the club, blah, 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 during one of their successful periods. Um, you would have thought that he would have been Absolutely delighted to do that. He wasn't doing anything else. He was sitting with a bunch of uh, impressionable Celtic youngsters, which is another facet in this story. Um, so presented with the opportunity to go and make the boys' day and go and wish him a happy birthday. To, for really no cost to himself, Paul Lambert decided to hide behind a pillar and laugh and spark away with these 19-year-olds about how he was having nothing to do with this 7- or 8-year-old boy's birthday. It's one of the most appalling things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so in that sense, an absolute black mark against him. Second one is uh, I know a number of people have played against him and he does not enjoy a reputation as a particularly galvanising influence, let's say. He's a very divisive figure. Uh, so much so even my pal's dog can't stand him. Whenever Paul Lambert used to come out of his house when he lived in Houston, the dog used to chase him down the street <laughs> and, was la- and was last seen biting the tyres of Paul Lambert's car as he sped away really? at 60 miles an hour trying to put the dog in the mouth. Um, so no, Paul Lambert I think would be a, a dreadful choice. Okay. On a football sense, on a personal no, sense. No, I agree I that personal character definitely has to come into it. You know, there's... And, and I, think, I think it would only end badly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lith doesn't really follow you with, uh, with with a great amount of uh, you know enthusiasm. Derek McInnes, I don't think he's particularly 
ready and, and I'm I'm maybe partially coloured as well by his stint as a Dundee United as a very well compensated Dundee United player. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm yep. still coloured by that, by that, uh, personally. But uh, you know, I don't maybe. And he also has a lot to prove after his failure in England. Doesn't yeah, he? and he's not. He, he, he's kind of got Aberdeen up to a certain level, but they're kind of at the glass ceiling, and he, needs, he, he can't seem to punch through it. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe he might see the Levine thing and think, well, you know what, I'm better to stay here at Aberdeen and, and punch through that black, that glass ceiling and really try. Uh, rather than what Levine did, you know, leaving Dundee United when maybe in, in hindsight he shouldn't have uh, to take the Scotland job. You'd maybe also imagine that Derek McInnes might be keener on the Rangers job at some point yeah, in the future. Yeah, as well. That's 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 not once once Rangers are kind of more settled. I think he 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 would be eyeing that up very much. So it's either the Rangers job or England for him. I think at this stage in his career that he's interested. David Moyes, of yep. course, eight to one. He's just a non he's just a non starter, I think, because he's currently in a job which is so, so much more well remunerated than anything he get in Scotland. Yeah. I mean of course he might uh that might not not, not be the case for a huge uh, for for too much longer. Yep. Uh but uh next on the list, Lars Lagerback. Now that's an interesting one to be thrown in as the fourth favourite. Sixty ten to one years old. 68 years old, I think age and time must be against him, and he's never worked in... Well, Sir Alex Ferguson, how old? Yes, but Sir Alex has, has worked in... Is an exception. And he's an exception to every rule uh, that you might you might choose to make. Uh, Lagerbilt's purely associated with Scandinavian football, and also a particularly backward-looking form of Scandinavian football too, so I wouldn't be keen. Yeah, but he, of course he did a great job with Iceland, and I think people are looking at for something along those lines. Yep. Uh, and, yep. And, and mentioning him. Michael O'Neill isn't listed at all in any of these. And Michael O'Neill uh, has paid half not. a million pounds a year and has a massive buyout clause, which would completely rule him out of any, any yeah. running for the Scotland job. That's what ruled him out at Celtic also. Yeah, and Dundee United as well. I, I know that he was... Uh, he was very much in, uh, very much top of the list to replace Jackie McNamara. Uh, well, he was top of the list to replace Jackie McNamara, uh, but that was very, very, very quickly uh, kiboshed due to just you know the, the size of the release yeah, clause, uh, just just far too uh, inhibitive. Now, of course, I mean, that, you know the, we we, ten, did, we discussed well, we discussed sorry, we discussed about you know the uh, the potential of maybe you go and spend a lot of money to try and bring somebody in. But maybe, you know, is Michael O'Neill not in your thinking for that sort of, uh, more of the, as I said, the kind of trapatoni that, that the Republic of Ireland did? No, there's there's no glamour associated with, with Michael O'Neill. I look at his career and I think he did well at Breakin and in a sense he's kind of fallen lucky without really doing anything. He's inherited quite a decent bunch of players and um, I don't know. It doesn't fill. It doesn't yeah. fill me with any great excitement. He's a lovely man, Michael O'Neill, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get me paying forty pounds through the gate to go and see S- Scotland, which is, which is what they're asking at the moment. So we're pinning our colours to the mast. Then it's it's to start the campaign to get Sir Alex Ferguson uh, to 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 heed our uh, our pleas uh, to rescue us uh, and to rescue what's left of this qualification campaign after. Only uh, after only a handful of matches, after only three games. Yes. Uh, so yeah, ha- hashtag SOS uh, Sir Alex. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, and let's uh, let's let's tweet it at Scottish FA, uh, and make sure that we can uh, try and try and get the, some uh, some steam behind this. Uh, all in all, it's a pretty uh, it's been a pretty terrible international break for Scotland fans. Yes. Uh, they'll they'll all be delighted to get back to club football. Uh, just to just to, to try and put this to bed for a wee bit, but. You know, the, with the England game only 29 days, roughly 29 days away, uh, you know, there is going to be, uh, you know, there's, there's things that need to be done in that time, yeah. one way or the yes. other, whether he gets the vote of confidence or uh, he uh, he walks away. But, uh, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Yep. It will all but, come uh, out. Well, it will all come out in the wash, and hopefully it'll come out in the wash. We say this every time. Hopefully it'll come out in the wash and help uh, Scotland move forward. Well, Greg, thanks very much for, for joining me for this special uh, look at uh, the, the, the Scotland uh, situation and the Scotland manager. Uh, and I will speak to you again for uh, Tactics Board, uh, our preview of the weekend. Yes. Now, of course, uh, don't forget that you can listen to Football Cafe and Tactics Board and this special uh, Game Day Live presentation uh, at our SoundCloud uh, account. You can search us Game Day Live. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter and get involved and answer our poll and tell us who you think should be the next Scotland manager or if you think Gordon Strachan should stay. Uh, is it the players' fault uh, or is it just a wider uh, issue within Scottish football? Let us know. Get in touch with us at game day underscore live underscore if you want to join myself and Greg's campaign to get Sir Alex Ferguson you know, to take the Scotland job uh, hashtag SOS Sir Alex and uh, of course you can find us on Facebook and YouTube search game day live and visit our website game day live for blog posts features uh, and all the information about our brand new football management sim game day live